Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Just a, another beautiful day today, isn't it? Jeez. Oh, Anyways. You know, I tell you guys all the time that I struggled all the way through high school and I have to admit I cheated some in college and then uh, also graduate school. But anyways, here's my point. Here's my point. Uh, is it a little cold in here or what? Anyway, so here's, all right, all right. Here's my point. Here's, listen. See. All right, you're all awake now. Here's my point. Um, you know, last week, and I'm glad somebody corrected me on this, uh, last week I said, I get rolling my message, it's talking about three-fourths or two-thirds, and if you're a teacher or mathematician, you realize probably that when I said two-thirds, it was more than three-fourths, and you know, with my dyslexic mind, I still think that, so, you know, I'm still right, so I just, I still think that. I don't know why. I, I don't know what is going on in here, but anyway, so... Okay, I just wanted to clear that up. But anyways, you know, I've, I've looked forward to this series, I'm studying a lot about it, listening to other pastors about it, and how we're looking at angels in our life. And what I want you to be aware of is that we don't, we're not aware of this enough. And what we're not aware enough is that that, that, that other dimension in our life, that spiritual dimension that we talk about, it's right here. Well, it's in here, but it's right here. We just, we just can't see it. Everything that goes around, the warfare and, and all the things that we read about in the Old Testament and New Testament and all the things that we see how the devil comes against us. And I honestly believe the more that we're aware of angels, how they work, who they are in our life, where they come from, all these things, it's really going to help us in our daily walk as we look in this series. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful today, Lord, that we can worship you. Lord, we look forward, Lord, you've blessed us as we're able to hopefully by sometime this summer, Lord, if it's your will, we can get into our new building. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. Father, we know that the, the real building, the temple is us. It's, it's, it's us each and every day. You build us as living stones. And we, Lord, we need your hand upon us to be built in our life, to be encouraged, to be witnesses. And Father, you have your angels that watch over us. So Lord, make us aware today more of our spiritual life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to look at God's word today on angels, the ones who guard you in Jesus' name. I want you to look at Psalm 91, Psalm chapter 91. And as you as I read this and you're, you're following along, I want you to read it, look at it and read it, take it in like it's, it's coming to you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him, this meaning us, I will trust. Surely he 
shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. In other words, the deception or the trap that the devil sets for us. From the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers. Under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. The Lord's covering everything, how he watches over us. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right side. I believe what the Lord is saying here is many times we watch the Lord fight our battles. And at the same time, when he's on our right hand, we're actually, he's talking how he works within our own hands and he works through us for victory. And 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Let me stop there for a minute. Do you ever see you've been praying about something and someone has just been coming at you from every angle in your life? Could it be at work? Could it be a relationship? And you just can't win that battle. It's going on for years. And it just goes on and on and you're tired from it. And it's just in every aspect, you can't get away from it. And all of a sudden, you're just going along with what the Lord wants you to do. And then the Lord comes through what, the, what God is saying in that word right there. You stand back and you just look like, whoa. When the Lord comes through, the Lord protects you and the Lord punishes, you're like, whoa. The Bible says actually in Proverbs, if we laugh at the calamity, or in other words, when something happens bad to people that come against us, do you know that the judgment actually stops? That's how gracious God is tells us that in the book of Proverbs. We should take awe and look back when something happens to those that come so against us when something happens because it should be a woe to us, like woe. And that's what God, that, that's what the Lord is saying. When we see the Lord actually come through against our enemies, it's actually a warning to us to be careful. Look, see what happens when, when you do what is wrong and continue to do it over and over and over again against someone else. The Lord's saying we just stand there in awe. Continues, and then he says, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Doesn't mean it's not going to come against you. It means that you're not going to fall from it. Nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Here's the key to all, everything we've just been talking about. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Angels, the ones who guard us in Jesus' name. When we look at the warfare that we see between God's angels and Satan's demons, and we go and look at the series and the different warfare as we continue on in the next couple of weeks, we see Satan fall from heaven. He was Lucifer in heaven. Jesus says when he fell to the earth, he became Satan. And now the angels that went with him are demons. So we see Satan fall, or Lucifer fall from heaven. He in turn becomes Satan. He now has his angels with him, a third of the angels, it says, I believe in Revelation. 
And now those demons fight against God's angels. There's constant warfare. What takes place in that warfare? It is actually shows us as those angels in this warfare. It's actually like a military action or a military procedure, if I can say it that way. If you've been in the military and you know, there's a word that's called a need to know. And the more that the need to know is, the higher rank it is. God is saying here in these verses that his angels, in other words, God's angels, the ones who guard us, are obedient and are deployed only by God's command. Only. Jesus says, I have all authority in heaven and earth when he was getting ready to leave this life. He has all authority in heaven and earth. So that means when something is going on in our life, that if we truly look to him, you will have victory because no evil will befall you. You see as the enemy sets the trap, you see what is going on spiritually. And even though you might not have the strength to fight it, he brings his angels to fight for you and to guard you and to protect you. All throughout Scripture, angels we see come before battles, we see come during battles, we see come after battles, we see also they come to minister to Jesus or Elijah after they had great struggles. So we don't know why some things happen, and the Lord, if you can say it, lets those things happen. But I want you to know those things that do happen that may be hurt in your life, the devil will still not have victory. And he will still give his angels charge over you to protect you. This is a promise. Let me read it again. God, it's God's angels. It's understanding his authority. And again, in a military setting, the higher it goes up, the more that we don't, we shouldn't really have to know. We always say this and many times like, Lord, why is this happening? In many ways, he protects us because if we did know everything, we might even be further confused. I need to know. So further goes up in command, and we see the warfare going, and we see everything that's taking place. God sends his angels immediately. That way, that's like when something is happening to you, and you don't know how to, you're in the midst of danger. You don't call upon the angels. You call upon God, Jesus, in your name. And then it all of a sudden, in a matter of a millisecond, he sends his angels to protect you. It's not that we call out for his angels. We call out for him because he's the one that has all authority. What does he say? Let me read that verse again. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And that's why he says in that verse, his angels, angels, plural, charge over you. I really believe that we all have more we're going to talk about that more next week, but we all have more than one guardian angel because the Lord's saying all his angels and you, singular, you as one person. He has his angels watch over you. But we always have to remember the way that they're activated, the catalyst that takes place. There's so much, if there has been in the years past, there's so much um, worship even of angels. And God tells us it's not supposed to be that way. We know that his angels protect us, guard us, and we need to be aware of that. 
But we know that we need to be aware of him. It is his angels. And to know to call upon him and to live his way. And he is going to take care of those battles in your life. Well, it says, let me read it again. We'll go to the next verse. For he shall give his angels, the angels, the ones who guard you in Jesus' name, to keep you in all your ways. Let's look at another powerful verse that goes along with that. It's found in the New Testament. And Jude only one chapter in verse 9. We're going to look at probably the, if I can say, the, the most powerful angels. If you talk about the three most known or powerful angels, it would be Michael. We're going to look at here. Be Gabriel, known as a, not only a warrior, but a messenger. Michael, the mighty warrior. Gabriel, and then also Lucifer, who became Satan, which I just talked about. And we have that in the mix as we go in this series. But God shows us something very important. This is an example for us in verse 9 of warfare. Yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses. Now what is that all about? I've done a lot of research. A lot, many theologians really don't know. We, we really don't know why there was a battle between Michael the archangel and the devil over the body of Moses. Many believe that the, 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 the devil wanted to take the body of Moses, throw it somewhere in the desert, and the Israelites would find that body because Moses was such a patriarch in all of Israel and what he did for the Israelites and all everything that took place under his command. Did, if God left him to be buried and the people knew that they would set all this monument up to him and worship him and God didn't want that. We don't know. Uh, the devil, some ways, other theologians believe that, that he was going to be used, from what we understand, more powerful in the future. And the devil thought by getting his body he would stop that. Just not sure. But there was a warfare going on between Michael the archangel and the devil over Moses' body. Now listen to what the archangel says. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not to bring against him a, reve a, a, a reveling or accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. What can we learn from that? When we're going about our, our daily fights, our battles, we don't do what a lot of televangelists do. Now, hear me on this. They're always speaking out against devils and spiritual forces, and they're using their power, and they're talking about it in this, and the way they're manipulating it, and so forth. We don't do that. When anything is done, it's always done in the name and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the way it's always done. I heard someone, there was a panel of pastors the other week on, on a certain Christian program, and they were kind of laughing about how that they were talking about the way that they cast out demons. I thought, don't laugh about that. You don't laugh about that. This is real. This is powerful. This is demonic. You don't laugh about how that you can, you know, well, there was this one and this and that, and, you know, we were able to do that. that careful. It's much more powerful than we could ever imagine. You do not mess with that. 
What God is saying to us in this, we do not ever, ever want to underestimate the devil and his demons, how he never stops coming at you. And all that we have to do is take a deep breath, remember who's in charge, and we go to him. And if we're going to rebuke the devil, we always say, Lord, you take care of it. I'm getting out of the way. The most powerful angel, Michael, the warrior that we see all through the Bible, sets the example for us. In Jesus' name is the way that we win this warfare in our life. And when we call upon Jesus and his death and his resurrection, we call upon all the authority that's been given to him in heaven and in earth. And when we look to him and we say, Lord, I can't get through this, he commands his spirit and his angels all at once, and the devil has to tremble and flee. Because it's not you, and it's not me. It's in the name of Jesus. Let's look at one more verse, and we'll close as we start this series out. I want you, you know, I was talking to Jim earlier. We got time, so I want you to, I want you to flip to Hebrews before we go to the last verse. I didn't know if I'd had time for this, but I want you to, to look at Hebrews chapter 1, and just to let you know how important that you are to God. This verse is look, often looked over in the New Testament, but this is for you. In Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, talking about angels. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's you. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, the angels are there now from then on to minister to you. That's an amazing verse. Think about that. God has his angels from heaven in the spiritual realm to minister to you, to protect you, to encourage you some way, to make you end up someday somewhere, get a phone call that you weren't gonna, didn't think you were going to get, and all these other things, just the same as Jesus fasted and prayed and all the things the devil tried to do against him in the wilderness, it says the angels came and ministered to him after that. Don't forget, God does the same. He, he's so gracious to us. He does for you and for me. Those in, in the Bible are examples for us. He sets that verse ex- specifically to tell you today that is a believer here or if you're watching, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, God has his angels that are going to minister you at the lowest time of your life, at a protection time of your life, whatever it might be, he's going to send his angels to protect you and to lift you up. Watch over you, as we already read in all your ways, in every, every minute, every little aspect of your life. Let's look at one more verse and we'll close. John chapter 16 and verse 22 through 24. John 16, verse 22 through 24. Jesus is speaking he has to leave this earth. He knows about his death, his resurrection, and all that he is doing and going to do. 
and he's trying to prepare those that he loves for this end time at that time. I always say, you hear me say this, to just, I believe that all of you are blessed every time you turn a message on, every time you open your Bible up, every time you walk through these doors, God blesses you. And one of the ways he blesses is to know that we are at the end of the end. We're at the end of the end of the times that we're living in. Some of the stuff that I'm not going to say on air today, I'm going to say after we're off air today, it is unbelievable what we're living into, what we're actually living in. And if you don't think that we're living at the end of the end, the Bible says we need to wake up because we are there. Why is God still waiting? Because he wants more people to get into heaven. That's why. That's the only reason. And it's our responsibility to do what we can as believers to grow in our faith, to know that we have the power from heaven to watch us over us, to protect us, and to proclaim his name. And what does he tell us to do to help us in that way? In John 16, through 24. Therefore, you now have sorrow. Pause. What is, what is your life right now? Where is there sorrow in your life? Many of you, if not most of you, if not all of you, have lost someone in your life. It's not here anymore. You want them here. You miss them to such a way you want to see them. You'd like to see them right now. God says our life is a vapor. God says we're going to be in eternity for heaven. He knows, he knows, he knows that you have sorrow right now. And he knows the same way the disciples, they were scared that he was going to leave. They didn't know what they were going to do. And he continues on. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. You know, it's amazing to think all the people that you love that are in heaven, they're going to all be standing there with Jesus the second you take her out of this world. It's amazing. And the hope that we have that we're here today, if you're here today and you can live a normal life out, I don't know who you are or how old you are. There's a very good chance that you're not going to die. Is that something? To think that we might have to face that. But what that verse is, is telling you, that, we, that that day that we rejoice, that we will never have sorrow again in our life, ever. Our joy will remain full. That's what we have to look forward to. How many times do I see people just even lately, whether it's in Hollywood or powerful people, and someone dies in their life and they just, just see the blankness on their face. They don't know what's next. We do. Jesus continues on and he says, and in that day you ask me nothing isn't it amazing? We think, oh, I got all these questions. I'm going to ask the Lord. I get to, get to heaven. You know, I got all these questions. Someone said he steps up, you step off the shore in heaven, and you're going to go to ask all those questions, and all of a sudden you just go, oh. You're going to understand it all. We're going to understand everything. We won't have any questions. We will have the mind of Christ. We will know all things, and we will rejoice forever. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, meaning right now, right now, Jesus says he will give you. He's preparing the disciples. Until now, you've asked nothing of me. Why? Because Jesus is there. 
He says, you just come talk to me. I'm here. But he says, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. And you will receive that, what? When we do ask, until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's why we always pray. And when we pray and we finish that prayer, it means twofold. When we say in Jesus' name, it means agreement. And it means God has already given us the victory. In Jesus' name, Jesus, we ask you to watch over our kids. Please watch over our grandkids. Please watch over. We can't be with them. <laughs> you know, I was talking to someone this week. I don't know why. It just reminded me of a bunch of stuff I used to do, which I'm, I, I won't go into. But years ago and living doing certain things anyways. I used to transport, as maybe you know, muscle cars back or for, back from Arizona. And there was this one trip. And, uh, and it's amazing how we see how God has his angels watch over us. Even as a believer, even this is a hope you have for your kids and your grandkids. Even as a believer, when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, so I'm out there, and I know there was a spot in Arizona that I knew when I would leave. I had 36 hours of driving time. Ugh, anyways. So just driving time, that's not stopping, that's not anything. I'd get on a road, I'd get on a highway out there, and, and, uh, and anyway, so I'm flying through, and I bought this Trans Am that I was going to turn around and sell out here. It was a 1975 Trans Am, and I'm just flying through the desert, and I'm cranking that thing, and I've got to think just blasting all the way back. I was on a 12-hour drive. I pulled over for a while. I was having some problems with the car. So I thought, if I can get this car home, I'll do whatever I need to do. So I didn't turn the car off for 20, almost 24 hours. So I pulled the car over. It was in a high part of the desert. It was cold, windy, snowing. It was going crazy out. I pulled over. There was a truck stop. I'm there. Slept for a couple hours. I got back on. I'm doing another 12-hour shift. By that time, I was in Texas heading up to Missouri. Went the southern route. You can go two routes. I always used to go the southern route. Because I hate the cold weather. You all know that. So I didn't want to go the other way. So I went the other way down through Texas and back up. So I was up through Missouri. I forget where I was going. And the snow starts flying down. And I'm on, a, on about the 20, 20th hour. I don't know. And man, I'm just, you've all known it when you're driving, you know. And I'm just, you know, and the thing's having problems. I fall asleep. I'm driving that thing, and it's a high-powered car, and I'm falling asleep. I'm doing pretty good speed. I never told this before. And I felt this tap, bam, bam, right on my right shoulder. Never forget it. It's like 50 years later. I will never forget that. Bap, bap. I woke right up. I mean, I was asleep. I don't know where, on the free, I don't know what happened. And I saw the next exit. I got off. I saw a hotel. There was a hotel right next to a gas station. I backed the, the car in because I knew it wasn't going to start again. And I turned it off. I went to the hotel and slept for like 10 hours straight. What's my point? My point is this. For your kids, for your family, for those that you love, wherever they are, you pray for them. 
because I wasn't doing what I should have been doing. Because of prayers of many people that love me, because of prayers of my family, because of prayers of my parents, God's angels were watching over me. Bam, bam. Just that. I woke right awake. I got off the next exit. And I know I'd have gotten a bad wreck. There's not a question in my mind. An angel woke me up. So I want you to know today, in all your ways. God loves it. That's why his grace is involved. As a believer, don't give up. Never give up on somebody in your family that knows Jesus. It's out there. I don't know where they're at, what they're doing, who they are. But you never, never give up. Because God is going to still watch over them because of your prayers and your prayers and your prayers. He's going to watch over them. And it's amazing what he will do because we were, are, are and will ever be a part of his family. Let's pray. As our heads are bowed in, in, in the name of Jesus, I want you to know just saying his name, just believing who he is, what he will do. If you're here today, <clears throat> If you're watching, first of all, if you have someone in your life, I plan on saying a few things I said today, but that was the Lord. That was his spirit. If you have kids that are out there, you don't know where they're at, you don't know what they're doing, you want them closer to the Lord to where they should be, keep praying. Never, ever, ever give up on them. Ever. God's grace. <laughs> he loves them more than you do. Say, really? Yeah, yeah. Loves them more than you do. Here, watch over them. Keep praying. I don't understand everything. I don't, I don't know why some things happen. Some people miss bad things. Some things happen to, to good people. I, I'm not here to understand it, but I'm here to just share with you who Jesus is and what I know about him, why I'm still here today. And if you don't know him as your Savior, as the hundreds and hundreds have watched on the app, social media, live, Facebook, all the things that we're on, I, I want you to know God will watch over you all the days of your life because of his son, Jesus Christ. You say, Dallas, what do I have to do? Well, you've been watching maybe for a while. You do. All you got to do is believe. Trust, as I read in Psalm 91. Those who trust in him. So all you got to do is trust. And all you have to do is believe and pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it all out and pray this prayer with me. For whosoever, the Bible says, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus, I, I ask you as I come before you, I don't understand everything. But I know I need you. I believe that you're God's son and came to this world and lived a perfect life for me. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for all of my sins and that you rose from the grave for me. And right now, by faith, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life 
to forgive me. Forgive me for all of my sins and to save me, Jesus. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for those that have accepted you, that are watching and listening. And Lord, as we always, always do, if there's someone in here that doesn't know you as their Savior, as Ben leads us in this invitation song, may they come today and ask into their heart to be their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.